Welcome in to Two Foreign Drafts, the post day two edition of Two Foreign Drafts. Dude, we have done a lot of live content. And I want to start this podcast by apologizing for the audio. The state of the audio on yesterday's episode was atrocious and it was all my fault. Now I'm wearing this like Xbox One headset just to just I'm doing it for you guys. And I'm really just doing it for you guys. It was I didn't realize I thought like so we started in the same room. And then you're like, oh shit! You just like get up and dip, and like there's something going on. You know what happened? Surprise, but... Chris texted me. Chris Collinsworth texted me. He's like, dude, your audio is garbage. I was like, god damn it! The freaking owner of the company is watching us live on YouTube. Uh, and is telling me my audio is garbage. And then you know, sad. I mean, the post game was tough, man. You're going live. You got to push the audio. We're trying to get these things up by 6 a.m. Tough to see, but tonight audio should be a lot. Better. What we're going to do today, the breakdown really is going to be your favorite five picks, my favorite five picks of day two. We had some overlap. I want to make sure we had unique five picks. Really just want to highlight 10 picks we really liked, 10 picks we really liked on day two. And then we're going to look at our one from each of us, our one like, what the hell are we doing here? Pick one of these picks that maybe were one of the bigger reaches on both the PFF and consensus board. And then a team's draft you really like so far. We'll finish with that on day two. Let's go ahead and start now with your favorite pick or one of your favorite picks from day two. Yeah, I'm going to go from early day two to late day three. So the first one I wanted to highlight here, 34 overall, right off the rip, my guy, Elijah Moore, the Ole Miss wide receiver, going to the New York Jets. Yeah, they got two guys. You got Denzel Mims. You got Corey Davis on the outside. That ain't stopping me from adding a talent like Elijah Moore. You want to talk about a young quarterback's best friend? A young quarterback's best friend is a wide receiver who can get open and has ball skills. It ain't Travis Etienne. It is, in my opinion, Elijah Moore, that's exactly what he can do. And I think he's NFL ready. I think he comes in from day one. I'm not sure if he steals Jameson Crowder's job right away, but he's a different type of slot receiver than Jameson Crowder is. He can give you a vertical threat in that offense with that 4-3-5 speed. So, man, uh, Jets love what they did there with that pick. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan of that. I think they are what they're trying to do is the opposite of what they tried to do with Sam Darnold, or what I guess not they tried to do, but the previous regime did with Sam Darnold in New York. They just failed to build around him. Now with Zach Wilson adding Elijah Moore here, I think that again, yeah, Corey Davis. Now you have Elijah Moore. Like you need to build offensively. Elijah Vera Tucker up front. You're going to have Mackay Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker on the left side of the offensive line. Now you add Elijah Moore. Now you, you obviously added Corey Davis in free agency. They're just trying to, again, follow this Brandon Bean model. What the Buffalo Bills did with Josh Allen on a rookie contract was we were going to give him every reason to succeed. Can he live up to that expectation? And again, we saw it that with was Josh not, Allen. This is not, do not say the Brandon Bean model. This is, uh, this is drafting. Brandon Bean model was fair. all through free agency. Fair, like, fair, he did fair, not fair. draft guys. So I, I do not, I would push back on this being the Brandon Bean model. This okay, is not, how not you the build Brandon a team Bean. model. Yeah, yeah, it's not the Brandon Bean model. And I okay, I apologize for calling it the Brandon Bean model. It's the right way to build around a rookie quarterback model. And I think yes. the only team that we've really seen, I guess not the only team, but I think the two teams we've seen do it, Cleveland Browns around Baker, that includes coaching too. It includes like bringing in an offensive coach that can bring out the strengths of a young quarterback on a rookie contract. You saw that with you know what Lamar Jackson did in his MVP season, what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen. So building around a young rookie quarterback. All right, and I'm going to bring up another – go ahead. I was going to say the Rams, Eagles, too. Like, that's what they did. I'm going to go ahead and do bring up a pick that I really liked that um, 
is another example of you know trying to build around a rookie quarterback. They, the Chicago Bears made a move to trade up and get Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. They drafted him at number 39. You know, a big concern with Justin Fields. They traded up, obviously, in the first round to go get Justin Fields at number 11, what I call the steal of the draft. And then they trade up again as they see Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State falling a little bit to add him at right tackle. He can come in and start at right tackle over uh, Jermaine Defetti right out of the gate. Like, that is a huge win for Chicago. You need to protect Justin Fields to avoid some of those holding the ball too long concerns, what he's done under pressure. I think that was a huge move for Chicago. They are, again, Matt Nagy, so you see two trade-ups here. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are making a handful of short-sighted moves trying to trying to keep their jobs. And we had Thomas Dimitrov, you know, former executive of the year uh, in the NFL, come on the show, and he brought up, like, hey, Matt Ryan and – or not Matt Ryan, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are really fighting for their lives here. And I think there's, you see it with the aggressive moves they're making. I like the moves they've done. Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins are two really good players. And I think the Chicago Bears were right to trade up for them. Okay, yes for Fields. This one, I think this one goes right to your favorite, your favorite term. I think this is your favorite term of draft season. You should trademark this. And it's overconfidence in your evaluation. They move up 13 spots. And it's more with they don't have the draft capital now. They just gave it up for Fields. You don't have the – you need the young guys now. You need all these draft picks you can. Dylan Raidens was on the board at 52 where they initially were, you know? Like, they, they could have stood pat and gotten that guy at 52. That's – they were 31 and 32 on the PFF draft board at the tackle position. You wouldn't have had to give up extra draft capital to do it. So, that's my take on that. So, I'm just going to disagree with you a little bit. But in terms of the player they got, where they got it, yeah, it's a good value. I just, I guess that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessary as much as them being overconfident in their valuation is just making sure they got help there. But I do think, you know, you're being overconfident that that's the tackle you wanted. I just think they knew they wanted to tackle and they felt really good about it. So maybe they are being overconfident in their valuation. I just like them being aggressive, like being aggressive um, when you're trying to like shoot the moon with Justin Fields here and like keep your jobs. I kind of respect it. I respect it. Uh, what's your next pick? Uh, my next pick is Christian Barmore at 38, the New England Patriots. We've obviously... If you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard us pump up Barmore's tires. And to go to New England at 38, and we talked about it on the show, they got negative trade value. Like, that is uncharacteristic of the New England Patriots to get, to give up more than they got back for, like, a non-quarterback to really make a move and go up, which means they love this dude. They thought highly of him to go up and get him and trade with Cincinnati here. We did, too. I would have made the exact same move. Overconfidence in your evaluation there, everyone's evaluation is that there's not a DT in this class close to Christian Barmore, even though four picks later, Levi Amuzurike, Levi Amuzurike, yikes, butchered that shit, comes off the board. The difference between those two as prospects, massive in our eyes, and four spots on the actual draft board, that or actual, you know, how they came off. That's, that's how you, that's why, you, that's when you move up, in my opinion. I, looking back at the Chicago Bears trade, all they did to go up from, you know, um, I do think that it just wasn't that much. I don't know. I, I, I kind of continue to talk myself into it. I kind of continue to talk myself into, um, <coughs> are you dying. dying? Are you dying? Are you going to survive? Probably not. Oh, what just happened? All right. I'm back. Dude, <laughs> the Tevin Jenkins trade wasn't that bad. I choked on some water. Oh my goodness, that was hard to watch. All right, can I get to my pick here? Go. 
please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trayvon Merrick, TCU safety. You know, I think a lot of people make the joke that if you flip the Las Vegas Raiders draft, you know, offset and say they took Trayvon Merrick at 17 and then Alex Leatherwood at 43, it looked like a good draft. I don't like to look at it like that. That's fairy tale land. But I do think that Trayvon Merrick at 43, one of the top 20 players on PFF's draft board, I think this was a good decision for Las Vegas. It's a glaring need on this team. They were going to start Jeff Heath at deep safety in that new defense. I, that would have been hard to watch. I think Merrick here, that's good value. Yeah, I agree. I cannot hate on this pick whatsoever. It is fantastic value. The only question I have is, you know, the exact role. They also then added a safety later, Divine Diablo, who, you know, ideally, if you're not moving into linebacker, he would play Jonathan Abrams' role. So, kind of got a lot of dudes there. And how that's going to shake out remains to be seen. But where they got married, yeah, that, that's one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. All right, what's your next pick? My next If you one, don't die, if you, as long as you don't die on us. I'm alive. Trust me. I got a few more years in me. Just a few, though. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., 47, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Longtime listeners of the pod. This was a long time coming. You guys knew it. I said, Asante Samuel Jr., Staley Scheme. I probably said it a dozen times over the last three months. That the best, one of the best fits. Like, he is going to succeed there. I, there's no doubt in my mind. Now, I probably shouldn't say stuff like that. I can come back and haunt me. But there's no doubt in my mind he's going to succeed there. This dude was built to play in it. So to get him at 47 when I said I would have taken him at 29. I would have taken him at 29 if I was Green Bay Packers over who they got in Eric Stokes. So great value there. All right. My next pick here, I am jumping to – I like two of the picks. Can I do two? A little two for here? Sam okay. Cosme going to the Washington football team at number 51. And they grabbed Deami Brown, the UNC wide receiver, at number 82. Two guys that I really like a ton. I think Sam Cosme at 51, I know – Everything has to change about his pass sets and his technique at the next level. But uh, to get an athlete like Sam Cosme at 51, a guy that I think could develop into a legit left tackle in the NFL, I think is a huge move for them. And I also like Deami Brown a ton. I mean, he was 45th on PFS draft board, you know, adding him with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. You, know, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Like that offense, you know, this, this is the receiving core you want for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do think both those picks for Washington on day two, guys that, you know, Deami Brown before the draft, you know, Rappaport was talking about him potentially sneaking into the first. Sam Cosme was mocked in a handful of first-round drafts. So to get a guy that a lot of people saw as a top 40, top 50 players on day two like they did, I think was sweet. Yeah, and Cosme, I mean, the most athletic tackle in this class. The guy is a freak like, and what he can do. And you love the freak athletes that, that are projects that are already doing it well, like a pass blocking grade over 90 this past year. Mm -hmm. like, you love it when that's already translating the football field because when the guy actually you know, starts to refine, starts to get a little more consistent, then it only goes to, you know, the sky's the limit then at that point. So, yeah, Washington's draft, easily one of my faves. This team, though, we're going to talk about it a little later when we do our favorite team. Jeremiah Wusakarboa, 52, to the Browns, trading up to do so. And again, this is when you trade up, is when that guy doesn't exist elsewhere. My God, people had him at 26 in mocks. People were saying that's a dream scenario for them, for Jeremiah Wusakarboa yeah. to fall at 26. All twice that. 52 on the draft board. Man, that, that's – I just can't believe that, that he is there. And what they got now with Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusakarboa, the athletes on that defense, this is a, this defense is a different animal than we saw last year. It was a good defense last year, and it now has gone to the next level in a number of different ways. What they could be, I mean, 
on paper, it's the top three defense in the NFL. Now, will that come to fruition remains to be seen, but it's like they got no holes on this on this that side of the ball right now. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I think everyone at PFF is a huge fan of how the Cleveland Browns have approached this draft. Like, obviously, you have Greg Newsome, then Jeremiah Wusukormoa. We love that they added John Johnson in free agency. I think the flyer on Jadavion Clowney was sick. Like, what they're doing, what Andrew Barry is doing is awesome. And I think he's building, you know, I think, you know, Anthony Tresh came out with the article recently ranking all of the rosters in the NFL, top five rosters in the NFL, and they continue to get better, continue to make positive moves here. All right, my last one here, Elijah Molden. PF, a top 40 player on PFF's draft board, the Washington slot corner, falling to the Tennessee Titans at number 100. Back end of the first round, compensatory pick, number 100 to the Tennessee Titans. They grabbed two you know, PFF favorites at cornerback position, Caleb Farley in the first round, and then Elijah Molden at 100. I think those are two, one, really good values and really good players. And I think, again, if Caleb Farley's healthy, can start week one. Like, I think Farley and Molden can start week one. I love the comparison between Molden and Mike Hilton, you know, a guy that started in the NFL for a long time, been one of the more productive slot corners in the NFL for a long time. I think that's what Tennessee got in Elijah Molden at 100. So I'm very curious to see where they play him because uh, obviously side Janoris Jenkins drafted Caleb Farley in the first round. And you had Christian Fulton in the second round last year. So you kind of got three corners now. Uh, and, and Molden was a slot corner at Washington. Kenny Vaccaro this offseason. You obviously, Kenny, Kevin Byard is your you know, stud at that position. But you drafted Imani Hooker in the fourth, 2019. We loved Imani Hooker. I think he was a top 60 player on the PFF board coming out. He's played well in limited snaps. Does Molden move to safety? Is he your dime safety? Is he your slot cornerback? I think he could do whatever you really want. And that's kind of the beauty of this. You got a guy pick 100 that we would have taken much, much higher. All right. Tell me your favorite draft so far this uh for uh through two days i got one more guy don't short me of a guy you got five oh, you're my i'm you're getting right. my fifth in and it is quinn miners friend of the pod from wisconsin whitewater the the gut goes to the denver broncos at pick 98 and we said uh before during that aaron Rodgers whole discussion that we did on night one i said you go through their roster denver broncos and the color-coded depth chart and the pff draft guide one guy in red on it. One guy below average. Two guys, excuse me. One's Drew Locke, a quarterback. The other one, Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Now, is this pushing Lloyd Cushenberry out? Mm, remains to be seen, but he was straight up not good as a rookie. And flat out was not, oh, I gave a flat out there. Flat out was not good as his last year at LSU either. He has issues in pass protection. Quinn Miners could take his job there at the center position to get him 98th overall. Man, he's he was higher on our board than Josh Myers and Creed Humphreys, who went at the back end of the second round to play centers for their respective franchise and the Packers and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Miners at that level, too. I think some people thought he could go at the back end of the second to go to the Denver Broncos at 98. Good value there. A guy that could start at center, like, right out of the gate, like, legit week one. Even though he's coming, you know, coming from, you know, Division three competition or whatever it was, what he did at the Senior Bowl really was impressive. All right, you want to do favorite teams? Do you want to just do one team? I had a handful of, you know, draft so far I wanted to bring up. I only have one team listed, but there's some others I want to talk about. All right, I'll do one. You can do as many as you want, by all means. But you know which one I'm going to do. It's the Cleveland Browns. I think it's second straight second straight year they've grabbed two top 20 players on PFS draft board. This year, Jeremiah Wusakaramoa, Greg Newsome. Last year, it was uh, obviously Jedrick Wills and Grant Delpit, who, again, is another piece they're adding to this defense this upcoming season that wasn't there last year. Um, then in the third round, Anthony Schwartz is a whatever, but to me, he's not too dissimilar from guys like Dwayne Eskridge 
and Tutu Atwell in the role he's going to play in your offense. And that is just pure speed is what he brings to the table. And those guys went a full round earlier. So if that's what you're going to do, that's where, you know, if you're drafting a gadget player, this is about the time where you can do it because not a lot of starters coming off the board that you feel great about towards the back end of the third round. So uh, the Browns draft in this offseason as a whole, they set themselves up for if Baker Mayfield can put that, put his shit together. Like they set themselves up for a Super Bowl run straight. Like that is how good this roster is right now. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's, it's practically working off the PFF draft board. I think the other, you know, the team that I wanted to highlight was the Los Angeles Chargers. I think I really like what they've done in this year's draft. I think it starts with pick 13. It's not a sexy pick and not a lot of people are going to talk about it, but getting Rashawn Slater at 13, who can play tackle guard or center, whatever the Chargers want him to do. Obviously you want him to start a tackle, but still can do so much. He can do all those different things, has positional versatility. And then one of your favorites, I would have had him as my favorite. If you didn't have it, have it listed Asante, Samuel Jr., perfect fit for that defense, a value. PFF's number 29 overall player. They get him at 47. Another PFF favorite, Josh Palmer of Tennessee. They had him at 77. Those first three picks right there. And we talk a lot about, you know, in your draft, you need to hit on your top 100 picks. You need to hit on your first three, first three to four picks. I love all three of those picks for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think this was a huge win, a huge step in the right direction for a team that is on the rise in a lot of ways. Like if Justin Herbert doesn't regress significantly and can maintain, if not slightly improve in some areas next year, I mean, this is a team that's not necessarily competing for the division title with, you know, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West, but still a team that continues to steadily improve both offensively and defensively. I think the Los Angeles Chargers making some power moves over there. And those first three picks were just fucking batting practice fastballs right down the pipe. They, yes. they just like the, the, those guys falling to those spots and with the needs they have in that roster, what they are, it's just like the, the card, the name was on the card as soon as the one prior was turned in and they just knocked that shit out the park. Fantastic. Like chargers, definitely a draft that can put them in contention in the AFC West, like from tomorrow. You love to see it. All right, anything else you want to touch on here before we break? Kind of a short, quick reactions podcast here. We're going to do our WTF picks. Oh, that's this right. Was the, there, there were a few in the, in the second and third round that obviously I disagreed with. That's always going to happen. The first one that made me say, holy shit, like out loud under my breath, was pick 99, Dallas Cowboys, Nation Wright, cornerback from Oregon State. I, I heard he was an early declare He's in the PFF draft guy. If you want to go take a look, he is six foot four, 183 pounds. One of the most one of a kind corners you will ever see. That is not a build. I can say, I recall any time in the last decade playing cornerback. It's just, it's unique. That, that guy is built hashtag different from any cornerback. Um, and then, I, so I went out and was like, why did this guy declare early? His tape is trash. It's, well, it's because he spent like four years in junior college. Like, he didn't even play football for a year. Uh, went to Laney. His brother was featured on Last Chance U, if you watched that season of it. He had the slowest ever short shuttle for a cornerback. 4.57 seconds. The worst short shuttle ever for a cornerback. He had a 7193 cone. The dude cannot change directions to save his life, but he has as long as hell and is six foot four at the cornerback position, former wide receiver. Like it's, it's an interesting body type. I don't know how the hell it works in the NFL with the athletes that are at that position nowadays. I just don't 
I don't know how this guy can see the football field. I, I just, I just don't with the way he's so can't change directions. Man, just ripping that pick apart, dude. That wasn't a pick. Was, did. <laughs> I, I couldn't like. I thought he was talked about as a prospect because of his brother and the fact that like they were featured on that show, Last Chance You. Like that's why I thought like people brought him up. I didn't think he was a legitimately draftable guy. It wasn't draftable grade in the, in the draft guy. I mean, another player on that same list. I mean, he wasn't even on the draft in the draft guy. Brandon Stevens of SMU drafted at 104 by the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm going to go up a little bit further for the pick. I'll highlight. That one's more. I just we didn't. I didn't even get to. I didn't hear that guy's name. He didn't grade out this that well this past year. So I haven't watched a single snap of that guy. Sadly, might have to go back and watch a little bit yeah. of him. I do think the the pick I was going to highlight though is that the Las Vegas Raiders continuing to reach on on consensus players. I think Malcolm Koontz, the edge defender from Buffalo, kind of an undersized guy, has some athleticism there, but. But still, overall on PFF's draft board, 167. I think if you look at the athletic consensus board, he was like in the 190s, maybe. Yeah, like 195. We, were <laughs> we were high on Malcolm Koontz. And I, you take him at 79. And I, right. honestly, you know, Divine, Divine Diablo, I know you're a big fan. He's 99th. On, um, not, not a big fan, but better than obviously Malcolm Koontz, 99th on their draft board. But like, where's he going to play? A lot of teams want him to play linebacker. They just signed Corey Littleton, that monster contract. They had Nick Witkowski. You know, you continue to scratch your head. I mean, you saw, I mean, there's some reports out there that like Mike Mayock and that front office might be like getting, they they might be moving on from him. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going in Las Vegas. I don't think they do either. Yeah. I, I mean, you as a Raiders fan, me as a Packers fan, we've been going through it. Like the drafts of late, (laughs) <laughs> not not lining up even close with the PFF draft board, sadly. But we shall see how they end up turning out. Man, it's it's interesting. And again, again, I think something to couch that too with is like if it doesn't follow the PFF's draft board, if you're not drafting PFF's top available guy every single time, that's not be like we're not gonna hate all those picks. I think it's more when you look at I think when you compare it to the consensus or you compare it to like, how's this guy going to see the, the football field? Me and the con- I mean, there just, there has to be more to the conversation. It's not always like, Oh, the player I liked yeah, more yeah. here is the better pick. It's like sometimes attacking. It's, like how ma- it's more, how many people are saying that picks great? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, like I agree. how many again, people are what agreeing? Is that? And what is that Mike? The consensus that is, that's literally no, what no, the no, consensus no. is. No, there's, there's more to like, there, there are guys that are high variance plays. Mm-hmm. Like there are guys that some people are super high on others aren't. Yeah. There's no one that's like super high. There's no one saying, you know, so no, there's no one saying Alex Leatherwood's the 17th best player. Like it's the fact that no one's doing it. Fair. It, it's the consensus it's board the is an average. It's yeah. There's not even like, no one is saying that, uh, you know, Eric Stokes is a top 20 player in the draft class. No one's saying that's a value pick. Yeah. Anyone fair. that's like saying it is like, Oh, that's like, Okay, that's still so. A but bit. I'm interested. I, I'd like to have this conversation at the back end of the podcast here. Like you know, you brought up like my, my favorite expression: "Don't be overconfident in your evaluation." But an example of being maybe overconfident in your evaluation and trading up for a guy, but a guy that's falling, like Tevin Jenkins traded up for. I believe the Las Vegas Raiders traded up to go get Traven Merrick or Merrick. The Browns trade up to go get Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. At a certain point, you know, when you start to see guys falling that you feel are first round players, because I think. I think the overconfident in your valuation really shows up in like the top 40 picks really does. Like you, you gotta be careful there. After that, it's like you're trading future fourth rounders to go up and get a guy, especially if you see a guy falling, I start to get more on board. Yeah. Day two, day two trades. Like it is the, it is the trades where you're actually giving up another player that is, or another pick, I guess, which is another player that is at a, at a, at a draft position 
that you would expect to start right away. So that's yeah. probably a top 75 pick. If you're giving up a top 75 pick, you're, you gave up another player that should start for you right away. And that's always when we say, mm, okay. Exactly. No. But if you give less than that, then it's, that's a different conversation. That is a very good take. All right, let's end there, man. I really, you know, this has been insane. We're going to be on Sirius XM Radio from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yep. We're going to be on 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then we have the live draft show from 11 a.m. to like 6 p.m. tomorrow. We are going to be grinding this out. Make sure you go to pff.com. Check out the pff.com live draft tracker. You can watch the, obviously, the show there. And we have live pick-by-pick analysis, live pick grades on the draft tracker on pff.com. Also use promo code draft. 30 draft 30 saves you 30% off any PFF subscription until next time, man, this has been a grind The 2021 NFL draft. We are now two days in Mike Renner, Austin Gale, two point drafts.